The international corruption scandal involving Latin America's biggest construction company, Odebrecht, was called Operation Car Wash, but involved the kind of money you don't see at a car wash. Odebrecht has been ordered to pay a $2.6 billion fine after admitting it engaged in a massive bribery and bid rigging plot, paying secret payments of about $788 million dating back to at least 2001. That's the biggest penalty ever in an international global bribery case. But it could have been worse. Odebrecht agreed in December to pay a $4.5 billion penalty. My guests are Andrew Spaulding, professor at the University of Richmond School of Law, and William Burns, professor at Texas A&M University School of Law and the lead author of Money Laundering, Asset Forfeiture and Recovery and Compliance, A Global Guide. Andy, what started this investigation? What got it going? Sure. It's a a fascinating story. It started with a what they suspected was a minor money laundering issue uh, involving uh, an official at, at Petrobras. Um, they detained him for questioning, and, and at first uh, uh, they were asking him only about this more limited matter, but they suspected that he knew more, and so they uh, threw a, a, an obstruction of justice charge at him, and he broke. Uh, he, uh, they flipped him, and he uh, disclosed a number of facts about uh, a, a comprehensive bribery scheme involving uh, the government, some state-owned enterprises, and some private companies including Odebrecht. It's probably the biggest single anti-corruption enforcement initiative uh, we've seen to date. And, William, the U.S. prosecutors said that Odebrecht actually had a stand-alone bribery department. Describe how it could get away with that for years. So I have a unique perspective because my wife's Brazilian. We're often in Brazil. And if, and if you take a step back, you have to understand from the perspective of the of what's called the voting population in Brazil, they they already suspect and they know it's common knowledge that the large Brazilian government and private industry are in cahoots, that they are corrupt, and the politicians. Traditionally, I mean, up until this case, um, it, it, it Brazilian politicians have rarely, rarely ever spent a day in jail. Um, Brazilian private company people have rarely spent a day in in jail. It's it's one out of a thousand. With this Odebrecht um, and the larger Petrobras, which is still ongoing, um, you have what they know for sure based on based on the testimony and the evidence that that have been uncovered is that many uh, many meaning almost all. Well, they have over 100 politicians that are under investigation and, and likely to be charged. Uh, but for one caveat, I'll mention 100 politicians were in cahoots to receive bribes and other kickback schemes with not with through Odebrecht, through Odebrecht's sister called Brascom, from Petrobras dollars, and. Uh, and when you have the politicians, when you have the private companies, and the politicians in Brazil, and this is somewhat familiar to the U.S. Um, uh, in terms of the executive department, but you'll find you know government ministers who become members of Congress or their Senate, which is similar to the U.S. system, um, who are maybe in the attorney general's office one year and then in a different uh, tax authority the next year. And and they somewhat move around as career uh, bureaucrats uh, within an elected or an executive branches. Um, Lula, by example, is uh, is uh, who is former president, is now a member of the legislative and uh, was appointed minister to try and get out of the corruption charges, and, and that did not go through. 
um, and, and of course, uh, his his predecessor was uh, thrown out of office, and uh, and and Timmer's the current. But even the and- current president, Timmer, is. Uh, under investigation, and and I don't you know will charges actually be brought? Another story, but yeah. So, Andy, explain part of the payment. Most of the payment is going to Brazil. Some of it's going to the U.S. and some of it to Switzerland. Explain why those those different countries. And when I understand that this went through a lot of Latin American countries. That's right, and that's really one of the most important features of this settlement. It's not just the dollar amount, and it's not just that a major Latin American company is exposed to have engaged in corruption. That was widely known, as has already been said. What's significant is that this is a joint enforcement action involving the United States, Switzerland, and Brazil, and that Brazil has taken the lead on the enforcement action and is therefore collecting most of the penalty money. Historically, the United States was far and away the leader in enforcing some of these anti, international anti-corruption laws. Uh, part of the success story of the Odebrecht case is that we have seen Brazil now take the lead in enforcing anti-corruption laws in a country which very much needs it, and is, is becoming a leader regionally, helping to coordinate enforcement with many other Latin American countries where Odebrecht has allegedly paid bribes. So this really is a, a, a global enforcement action led largely by Brazil, and that, I think, uh, signals a new era in which uh, uh, other countries besides just the United States are are taking the lead in enforcing these laws. William, I mentioned that it was initially a $4.5 billion penalty. How did Odebrecht manage to get it down to $2.6 billion? Yeah, so this is another unique aspect, which uh, which is the right thing to do. Everyone remembers Arthur Anderson, and and, uh, and, that, and that was a criminal charge, and it went insolvent, and it caused a lot of pain for the United States and, and foreign economies. So Odebrecht, similar situation where it, it it agreed that it was, you know, the most egregious, uh, and it would help with the further investigations at a 4.5 billion. But they made a side agreement that said, based on ability to pay, and in fact, right now there's still an ongoing audit by KPMG, um, twofold audit. One is on uh, is uh, just checking again the audit, the ability to pay, but two is uh, is to root out the other corruption in, in Odebrecht and. Well, at least Odebrecht's cooperating. Petrobras is, but to some limited degree. Um, the audit's late, but uh, um, Odebrecht. If you look at the financial situation of this private company, it its CEO is in prison for 19 years. Now he's signed a plea deal, so we don't know how much evidence he's going to be providing against the hundred politicians I mentioned. Number two, it owes 10 billion dollars on the market. Most of that money is U.S. Uh, debtors. So it's in the U.S. interest to uh, to work with Odebrecht, you know, the government interest to work with Odebrecht so that Odebrecht survives as an operating entity to be able to pay back that $10 billion. And they're, they're doing a workout. It's been reported in your in, in Bloomberg itself. But that that workout's going to take, you know, many, many, many months to, to come to fruition. And, and uh, we'll go ahead. So, so Andy, um, just in about 45 seconds here, What's happening now with Odebrecht? Have they put anything into place to try to see that they comply, that this doesn't happen again? Yeah, well, generally, as a condition of these enforcement actions, the company is required to adopt new compliance measures. 
uh, and uh, and that's important. Uh, uh, and and these requirements will, will be imposed not just by the United States, but by the other jurisdictions, Brazil including included, of course. And Brazil is is now in the midst of of developing a very strong uh, compliance culture within the country and 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 a, a compliance industry. Uh, so I think we will see uh, uh, Odebrecht's practices clean up in the future, not least of which because uh, it's now under investigation by a number of countries and it's losing business um, in dramatic fashion. I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more about this. Thank you both. That's Andrew Spaulding, professor at the University of Richmond School of Law, and William Burns, professor at Texas A&M's University School of Law. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. Thanks to our technical director, Charlie Vollmer, and our producer, David Sutcherman. 